Hello listeners, and welcome to another episode of Psychiatry Questions. I am your host, Dr. Dwarka, and today we'll be diving into some more multiple choice questions. So let's go. Our first question deals with medication. So, the following is associated with fetal anomalies when used by a pregnant woman. And the, que- the choices are lithium, haloperidol, amitriptyline, electroconvulsive therapy, and flufenazine. Of these choices, lithium is a known teratogen. That means it's teratogenic. It causes a congenital heart defect in some newborns called Epstein's anomaly. So that's why pregnant women will not be given lithium. Our second question. In a patient diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which of these is not likely? Bulimic behavior, self-mutilation, impaired self-image, pathological lying, and sexual identity problems. So this question is a good revision for the common symptoms of borderline personality disorder. And four of these are correct, obviously, and those are bulimic behavior, self-mutilation, impaired self-image, and identity problems, so sexual or or gender identity problems. However, pathological lying is not usually seen in borderline personality disorder. That doesn't mean that people with borderline personality disorder don't lie, but pathological lying can be described as a disorder by itself. So that will be the odd one out there. Gustatory hallucinations, those are hallucinations of taste, can occur in temporal lobe epilepsy, Alzheimer's dementia, panic disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and somatic symptom disorder. In Alzheimer's dementia, this is usually with a you see a progressive cognitive decline. No hallucinations necessarily in panic disorder. There are no hallucinations there. Histrionic personality disorder. That's a a crave for attention basically. No psychosis there. And in somatic symptom disorder, there's no psychosis there as well. So our answer would be temporal lobe epilepsy. That's where you get hallucinations. Features of post-traumatic stress disorder include all of the following except flashbacks, ideas of reference, emotional numbing, hypervigilance, and nightmares. So, post-traumatic stress disorder, you have a traumatic event where you experience uh, an event that almost costs you a life, something, or you witness a near-death experience, or something of that sort and you usually get flashbacks you become your arousal increases so you become vigilant of everything around you there are certain areas that will trigger you and you will not want to to experience this trigger so you have avoidance you will obviously have nightmares about the event but you wouldn't have delusions of reference that's where you uh you feel that a, a neutral event has some sort of special 
special meaning in your life. So that's something that you would see in a schizophrenic patient, not a PTSD patient. Our next question deals particularly with the drug bupropion. So does it selectively block the neural uptake of noradrenaline? This is false because it actually increases the neurotransmission of noradrenaline and dopamine. Is it more cardiotoxic than imipramine? No, it's not. That's false. Is it useful in the treatment of schizophrenia? No, it's not. It's used in depression and also to aid in the cessation of smoking. And does it cause significant weight gain? Bupropion has many side effects such as uh, agitation, dry mouth, insomnia, headache, uh, the gastrointestinal symptoms, nausea and vomiting, constipation, but one of those side effects is not weight gain. However, it's contraindicated in patients with seizures because it actually lowers the seizure threshold. So that's the main danger with bupropion. The following medications are useful in the management of alcohol dependence, except chlorodiazepoxide, disulfiram, naltrexone, methadone, and thiamine. So chlorodiazepoxide and naltrexone are actually used to control alcohol cravings. Disulfiram is used to produce unpleasant effects when you drink alcohol in in an attempt to get you to stop drinking the alcohol. So the effects could be like nausea, vomiting, headache, typical hangover symptoms. Thiamine is usually deficient in alcoholics and this can lead to the Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome. So thiamine is absolutely necessary when treating alcoholics. However, methadone is actually used in opioid uh, dependence to treat the withdrawal symptoms. So it will not be used in the management of alcohol dependence here. Here we have a disorder that's seen in children. It's popular. So management of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or ADHD include behavior therapy, family counseling, psychostimulant medication, or all of the above. So generally, when you get a question with all of the above, the answer is usually all of the above. And it is so in this case. Uh, Any one of these uh, therapy or medication strategies can work, but it's most efficient when you combine all of the available treatments. So behavior therapy and family counseling, along with your usual psychostimulant medication, which will include amphetamine, methylphenidate. The combination of them will provide the child with the best treatment possible. So you'll have to go you have to use a combination of all three. Here we have a question on extra pyramidal symptoms. And the question asks if extra pyramidal symptoms include akathisia, are they more common with atypical antipsychotics? Are they frequently fatal? Can they be treated by switching to a more potent antipsychotic? Or do they usually occur after months of using antipsychotics? So, uh, 
Extrapyramidal symptoms are actually more common with typical antipsychotics. With atypical antipsychotics, the main danger is a granulocytosis. Extrapyramidal symptoms are not usually fatal, but they are chronic and debilitating. Um, they are not treated by switching to a more potent antipsychotic. That will just make things worse. So that answer is false. And they don't usually they don't have to occur after months of antipsychotics. That's one specific uh, extrapyramidal symptom occurs after many years of antipsychotics, and that's tardive dyskinesia. But extrapyramidal symptoms can occur right after using antipsychotics. So our extrapyramidal symptoms are usually acute dyskinesias, uh, dystonia, tardive dyskinesia, Parkinsonism, akinesia, akathisia, and neuroleptic malignant syndrome. And we have akathisia here as one of the answers, and that's correct. So we'll have to choose akathisia for this question. So our final question. In a patient recently diagnosed with schizophrenia, the following is suggestive of a poor prognosis. The relatives can pinpoint the exact onset of his symptoms. There is an identifiable trigger to the illness. Avolition and apathy are prominent symptoms. The age of onset is 35 years and schizophrenia is of the catatonic type. So the main answer that stands out here is the avolition and apathy are prominent symptoms and these symptoms are part of the group of negative symptoms that you can sometimes see with schizophrenia and negative symptoms have a knack of being difficult to treat and therefore they'll be they'll uh, lead to a poorer prognosis well that brings us to the end of the questions for this week thanks for tuning in everyone i hope you learned something and enjoyed it as well and I'll catch you in the next one.